Welcome to Simply Living Wellness, where you'll learn how to love yourself, heal yourself, and how to nurture your mind, body, and spirit. So today, on Valentine's Day, we're here to talk to Jules Carpenter. And Jules has a powerful story to share about how she went from extreme postpartum anxiety, insomnia, and depression to finding her way back to life and joy. She attributes her transformation to breath work, meditation, and tuning into spirit. Having gained so much from breath work herself, she then went on to become a certified breath work facilitator, learning the alchemy of breath technique, among others. Jules is also a yoga and pranayama teacher, a second degree Reiki energy healer, and more. Postpartum disorders are not discussed often enough, and yet so many women suffer terribly from postpartum depression and anxiety, and they often don't even realize what is happening or what is causing the depression. So I'm very excited to bring on Jules and to bring out more awareness on this topic. So welcome to the show, Jules. Mm, Thank you so much for having me, Donna. Oh, you are so welcome, and happy Valentine's Day. Yes, yes. I did a uh, Facebook Live this morning about um, for Valentine's Day, but it was about self-love and mm. the three ways that I uh, think are, you know, the most critical or my top ways of, of loving myself. So it was really fun to do that on Valentine's mm. Day. Yeah, that's so important. I just had a personal sauna session for my self love. <laughs> Yay. There you go. Yeah. Was it infrared or traditional steam? Yeah, I actually got to do both. So they let me split it half and half. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jules and I both live in the same town in Nevada County. So mm-hmm. um, for those of you listening, um, yeah, we live in a small neck of the woods in Northern California that is wonderful and mm-hmm. <laughs> have a lot of healing modalities and practitioners up here, which is awesome. Mm, such a blessing. Yes, I love it here. So mm-hmm. tell us, Jules, where you grew up as a child and just a little bit about about your early background. Yeah, um, I actually grew up in the Midwest. Um, I'm from Michigan. And I lived in a little town. It was a small town in Michigan. My dad kind of sacrificed his driving time for us. And he drove a long way in order for us to live in a small town and go to a smaller school. Um, Nice. Yeah. And I was one of five sisters. I was the baby. Um, Oh, I'm the baby too. Oh, oh, it's an interesting position to be in. <laughs> I'm the baby, and I was born in the Midwest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was wow. born in Euclid, Ohio. Oh, yes. I lived a few years in Ohio. That's sweet. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have all sisters, so I grew up in a really powerful energetic home of all kinds of female energy and power and I got to witness that lovely Um, yeah it was very interesting and I had a an interesting role in that kind of exploring 
my sisters and what they were exploring in their world and then me kind of seeing what wasn't working for them and um, delving into a spiritual practice actually pretty early in my childhood. Wow. Um, now you attribute that to your sisters or were your parents also spiritual? Um, I attribute that to my, my family was, we were raised Catholic actually. Um, and I didn't agree with a lot of those practices. And I knew at a young age that there was something more. Mm. Um, and my sisters kind of left the practice of Catholicism and I kind of wondered why. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't until I started reading a book on all kinds of religions at a young age that I realized there was more out there than just Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Yes. So many other religions. <laughs> so many. Yeah. And then non-religions. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, nice. So I feel so, so grateful for that. That really started a spiritual path for me when I was about 12. Wow, that's lovely. I didn't have uh, that personally growing up. I I knew I wrote a story. I wrote a blog article about how I found spirituality, but mm. I um, I didn't find it till much later. I knew about religion and God, and mm -hmm. you know, but then I started seeing the hypocrisy and in religion and um yeah so I didn't discover it till much later so that's that's a blessing oh yeah it was a huge part of my um kind of surviving childhood as the baby mm, yeah. yeah so what when did where did you go next when did you come out to the west um so I didn't come out to the west I met my now husband um in my uh, mid-20s at a music festival actually I was offering sound healing oh. and yeah he was offering like art installations and it was a part of the crew of art in the music festival so we were like in the background scene together um, and we met at a festival and really just fell in love and I was finishing my master's degree in occupational therapy. So I had an opportunity to finish my last course in California in San Francisco. Um, I see. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big, a big jump. And my husband, um, my now husband just jumped on that. He always wanted to live in California as well. So we basically got to know each other um, as we moved and, and moved in and moved to the Bay Area for a couple of years. Okay, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you, uh, then you were you also learned yoga certification for teacher. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was teaching yoga prior to that for free, just community classes. I knew I I had a strong practice and I just wanted to offer it for people. And then I, in the Bay Area in San Francisco, became officially certified. Um, and I had been practicing uh, Reiki for a while at that point, a couple of years, um, but became officially certified in yoga and really added so much to my practice with yoga and meditation. Um, I dived a little bit deeper and then started a path of offering it more to people um, mm -hmm. while I was working with kids in the occupational therapy realm. 
Lovely, lovely. Mm -hmm. So your husband um, does these practices also or? Yeah, he is. I'm always curious. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, He is also a Reiki energy healer. Um, And he and I have spent a lot of time in yoga and meditation together. Um, And now we have a practice of meditating together meditating separate but having like couples meditation um and he loves breath work so um that's always fun to offer that to my husband nice nice that's mm-hmm. wonderful yeah it's really sweet. <laughs> i'm a second degree reiki healer also mm-hmm. but i don't you know i just use it for myself and my family that kind of thing i've mm-hmm. never had a practice it's so humbling every time. Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so then you got pregnant because then we move on to the postpartum yeah. disorders. Mm-hmm. So I, we knew we wanted to have a kid and we weren't really trying, but we knew we wanted to. Um, but our kind of the time that we knew we wanted to was close to when we were eloping in Hawaii and um, yeah, we eloped in Hawaii, had a beautiful ceremony. It turns out I was pregnant during our ceremony, um, our marriage ceremony. Um, And yeah, we just kind of hit the ground running as soon as we got back and I found a beautiful set of midwives in the Nevada County area. Um, And my pregnancy was okay. I mean, the emotions were really hard for me, but uh, I just figured it was part of the process. Um, It was also pretty hard on my husband, but um, yeah, he just loved me through it and just knew that Mm. things were changing. Um, And after having my daughter, the postpartum feelings came on actually pretty quickly. You had already moved to Nevada County, or you came here for the birth? Um, yeah, so we had already moved to Nevada County. Um, okay. Yeah, we knew we wanted to get out of the city, so we live. We moved from the Bay into the middle of nowhere in Nevada County area. Um, and that, then we had, we were married, and I was pregnant here in Nevada County. I see. And so mm-hmm. you did it with no... Um, no drugs at all, or mm, I'm guessing. No, ma'am. No meds. Good for you. <laughs> it was I, really awesome to be at home. I feel blessed that I got to do that. Was it Cindy Foxfoot by chance, or? No, it was um, Jessica Mares and Melania. I'm gonna destroy her last name. Melania Ganesh. Oh my gosh! But they're from Sierra um, Midwives. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So it happened right away. You just just started feeling gloomy and just not yeah. excited about life. and You know, it was so wild. <laughs> um, like you had said in the beginning, it's not talked about enough. So in my mind, the idea of postpartum depression is like it randomly happens to people and it's so rare. And when it comes on, it's so extreme. Like you, you feel like you're going to hurt your child or you're going to hurt someone in your house or and and that's in my mind that was the only way that you could have postpartum depression if those are the things you were feeling um Mm. 
and thankfully like I didn't have that experience I the thing that brought me the most joy was my daughter um really kept me grounded throughout but it was pretty much within I actually remember the day that I realized it was coming on in a weird way it was Thanksgiving it had been two and a half months and we were with we had a Friendsgiving we're with all our friends and the whole time I just felt like awkward talking to my friends I felt like I had nothing to contribute to the conversation I was really quiet I felt sad at this beautiful celebration mm. um, and that's how I started to know that something was up um, and then two weeks later we went to Mexico with my uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law and while we were there my daughter had this terrible sleep regression like 45 minutes of sleep um, and I just spiraled mm into these really dark feelings about life and I didn't enjoy one minute really of my trip I mean there were moments where I enjoyed with my daughter and my family but inside of me I was just feeling so uncomfortable with who I was and I didn't know why until like midway through that trip Wow. So what do you mean your daughter, you mean she wasn't sleeping, so she was keeping you up and you weren't sleeping? Is that what you yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Lack of sleep is tough. I think that's the mm -hmm. hardest part about being a yeah. new mom. Mm -hmm. I, I suffered greatly from that and I had yeah. postpartum depression, which I didn't even mm. realize at the time. Yeah. And I think oh, a lot of that so is wild. Mm -hmm, from lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. So you said you discovered it halfway through. I mean, what led you to suddenly realize what was going on? Um, every moment of our trip, I feel like I was picking fights with my husband. Um, in one moment, we were sitting in the hot tub, and my mother-in-law was watching our babies. We get a little break, and I just said to him, like, I don't feel good. And my husband looked right at me and said, I know that you don't feel good. Um, mm -hmm. And I just said, I think there's something deeper going on, but I don't know what. Um, and to be very honest and raw, if that's okay. Um, of course. <laughs> I, we came home from our trip and it's, I like black this out, but we had an argument and I, lost total control of my body like I don't even know who I was I was in like a fit of rage over something silly um wow. and my husband was really scared I bet he and was. um he didn't know what was happening he was frightened and um once I I left with my daughter I went into nature and visited a friend and came back and we were both crying and my husband said I've been researching like all day and I'm pretty sure you have postpartum depression oh how sweet that yeah it was that time it, and care yeah enough. it was so sweet it was so sweet especially after like all the rage I put forth <laughs> for him <laughs> oh geez yeah yeah and he really supported me to start getting some help um I'm so grateful. And that, so that was only at four months postpartum. Wow. So how, 
I mean, what kind of help did you seek out at first? Because I know for me, they, you know, they wanted to put me on mm. Zoloft, mm -hmm. and um, I had no interest in that. So, yeah. how did you let's talk about your journey and how yeah. you ended up with the breath work? Mm, thank you. Um, and I just want to say, like any mom that chooses to go the route of medications like oh I have no judgment for you that is hard it is crazy um you feel crazy I felt crazy um mm. I found an amazing therapist in this area that I was drawn to because he uses a lot of spiritual practices okay. and our first conversation on the phone I was like oh this is different this feels really good. And our first session, like we barely talked, he put me, we, he guided me into this amazing meditation that is a, like a lineage of meditations that's been passed on to him. Um, and after my first session, I felt like that's, this is what I need. Um, and I continued seeing him and the insomnia started for me. So it was really funny. My daughter started sleeping and I stopped sleeping. Oh, wow. So this is after you had started with, mm -hmm. with this therapist. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so I continued seeing him and I also was seeing an acupuncturist for my insomnia and taking any herb for my mood that I could take that anyone suggested to me I was trying to take them and nothing seemed to be helping the meditations that I did with him. I felt the best with him and it would last for a little bit afterwards, but I would often find myself just back into my head and mm. um, it really at one point just felt like my whole life dissolved in mm. front of me. Wow. Now yeah, had like, you gone to mm -hmm. a traditional doctor also? I mean, no, just curious. I didn't. You didn't even go. Okay, no. so you were open and aware enough, uh, fortunately, to start down that path. Not every new mom is there, which is oh, why I'm doing sure. these, which is why we're doing this, so that yeah, people know there are alternatives. Um, doesn't mean totally. you can't go traditional, but okay, keep going. So then, yeah. You got the um, insomnia started. Yeah, and that was wild to me. I also became crazier and crazier in my head. Um, and sleeping herbs didn't help. It was just, it was wild. Um, and at that point, like, my joy had left my body. I would feel joyful with my baby. But outside of that, I I felt like I had no joy. I didn't know who I was anymore. I couldn't even so weird to talk about I couldn't even speak to my friends like I, I just felt like I couldn't have a conversation without being in my head mm. um and I was creating scenarios like things that could happen to my daughter and how I would get her out of it over and over and over again Interesting. Um, that's the anxiety yeah, probably then oh yes yeah and thankfully at that time I just I wasn't working I didn't work for about a year and a half um and so I continued seeing this therapist and um one day I saw a preview an advertisement for a breathwork class 
in Nevada City, and I was familiar with breathwork. I had taken a breathwork class when I was 18 in the middle of the mountains. And so I was familiar with some of the transformation there and the magic there. Um, Mm. And I, not exaggerating, after my first night in my breathwork session, I knew that that's what the medicine was for me. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was really amazing and it still took me um quite a while but I continued going to breathwork continued seeing this therapist and got deeper into his meditation um and then I had quite an experience of finding spirit or god I think I tried not to say that word for a long time but I definitely found god again but in a different way Hmm. Can you tell us a little more about that? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, Well, this therapist that I was seeing kept talking to me about presence and spirit, and I really didn't know what he meant, but I I knew I felt something. And um, one day after a session with him, I felt the power of this presence in the room, I felt supported. I felt like things were like starting to shift and and move for me. And I felt like I wasn't alone in my experience anymore, but I didn't understand it. And I told my husband, I, I found God again, but it's a different way. It's not this man in the sky. And I was trying (laughs) to explain it to him. And, and, and I said, I, I feel like I found this energy within me and that's around me at all times. And I feel so connected and I'm explaining it to him. And I I went to bed. So I have the insomnia. So at this point I was sleeping in a separate room to try to help my insomnia. And I went to sleep and in the middle of the night, I was awoken by a beam of light. It looked like someone was holding a flashlight on the carpet and it was just shining straight up to the sky. Wow. It gives me chills every time I talk about it. Wow. Um, And I like rubbed my eyes like this can't, this isn't real. My dog was in the bed with me and he wasn't moving. I'm like, this, this is not real. So I moved, I I rubbed my eyes and then I moved my head from side to side. And as I moved my head, this light was following my vision side to side. Wow. did it really and, light up the room? Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I first saw it, I thought, did I leave a light on? Like I was, I, I, you know, I was taking melatonin, you know, and I was like, <laughs> I was just so tired. I just passed out with light on. Um, and then I realized it, I felt it. That's when I felt it. Um, that presence, that support. Mm. Oh my gosh. It was, <laughs> It was very uncomfortable for me, so I can't, I'm just being honest, I didn't sit there and talk to it. I totally got up um, and went to my husband. I was pretty scared and startled, but it was, it became clear to me afterwards that that was me calling it in. I had just said to my husband hours before I found God again, Hmm. and then that experience happened. Um, There's a name for that, and I'm drawing a blank. Mm. on the term I'm thinking of that somebody else has shared with me. But anyway, mm. wow, that's that's amazing. So now do you always feel that or do you have to kind of tune in to feel mm. that presence? Of- that's such a good question. 
I have come so far and I still have so far to go, but I have come so far with this relationship to this, to spirit within and around me. Um, and breath work has been a portal of connection for me. And, um, I kept finding that every time I was participating in breath work, I was getting, becoming closer and closer to this feeling of support at all times. So I, started to just ask like I I want to be connected to this as much as I can um so -hmm. it's really important to me to take time every day to sit and just sit and feel that relationship there every day and is Um, that basically mm -hmm. is that your meditation is that what you call meditation or do you do something else as well yeah, that's just a big part of my meditation. It's just, um, well, I, I practice a meditation called the felt sense. It's something my teacher, my breathwork teacher has demonstrated, but just sitting in my body and feeling the sensations, but also taking the lineage um, meditation from my therapist and just feeling the sense of presence and, and then talking. And now I just have like free form, free flowing conversation. Um, and every time I'm in breathwork, it's like, it's another level of connection. Um, I can, I feel like now I can kind of see clear images of what's supporting me. Um, Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I give thanks because I know that if I'm not feeling connected, I can just lay down on my mat and start my breathing process um, and awaken that. Hmm. So tell us about this breathing. I'm curious because the, the the only breath work I'm familiar with is in yoga and they talk about mm-hmm. the difference of yoga versus st- just stretching and mm-hmm. with yoga, you're breathing with the poses. Mm. So is that, so how is this other kind of breath work different? Mm. Yeah. It's also a great question because I practice different types of breathings for so long. Um, so this type of breath work is a diaphragmatic breath. So taking the breath out of your chest and into your diaphragm, into your low belly. And um, I teach it in different ways, but a way to kind of activate and heighten is an open mouth, continuous circle of breathing. So there's no hesitation between your inhale and your exhale, just allowing them to be connected in and out. Um, And you breathe in and take in like three times more oxygen in this way. Um, So there's no pausing at all, which is Mm -mm. typically what you learn. That's what I've learned is pausing Mm -hmm. at the top and the bottom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This changed my life with breathing. Um, And it opened my capacity to breathing. So I started to learn through teaching of Dan Brule um, and other breathwork teachers that when we breathe, a typical breath in this society is breathing in our chest. I call it a chest breath. Um, And it actually keeps us, our nervous system operating in the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight. Um, Hmm. So you actually stay in that sympathetic nervous system um, by breathing into your chest. When you take your breath out of your chest and into your belly and practice diaphragmatic breathing, even just with your mouth closed throughout the day, 
you stimulate the vagus nerve and you bring yourself into the parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest part of our nervous system. So I trained myself to to no longer breathe from my chest. I now all day long, unless I'm exercising, um, but all day long I breathe diaphragmatically and that has also changed my life. Wow. I'm okay. going to have to get a session, I think. <laughs> yes, please. It sounds it's, fascinating. It's so, it's an honor. It's just an honor to have gone through this training process and be offering this medicine. It's, to me, it's truly medicine now. It's just breath medicine. Wow. So, yeah. so tell us then, um, how long did these symptoms start going away? And yeah, um, it took probably about a solid nine months until I started feeling joy again in my body. And I remember being outside and actually feeling joy when the sun touched my skin. Um, and then a f I will say, I always say this, um, it took me truly a year and a half mm -hmm. um, to feel like myself again and to come into this new identity. I think I was struggling and attaching myself to this old identity of myself, um, which I find that we often do when we start shifting in our consciousness. Um, it can happen sometimes. Like it feels scary to leave the comfort of this person that you knew so well. Um, yeah. And I, for me, had to just embrace who, who I was changing into um, so that took, yeah, about a solid year and a half where I felt like I could actually be myself, um, and sit and talk to friends without mm -hmm. being in my head. Um, did you feel so like, you, sorry, did you feel like you could not be yourself before or you were yourself, but in a different identity, I guess? Mm, the beginning stages of all of it, I definitely didn't feel like myself at all um, of the depression but before uh -huh. that you did feel mm -hmm. like yourself but you yeah you transformed so mm -hmm. maybe just explain a little bit about who you were before and who you were after sure sure um I would say who I was before was a lot more passive um I didn't have clear boundaries mm -hmm. um energetic and um spoken verbal boundaries i just didn't have them i was very much a yes and a giver and a giver and a giver and a giver um and didn't see how that was contributing to didn't see how that was contributing to being burnt out yeah. um and it's very common with women especially so much Especially mothers, <laughs> wives, mothers, girlfriends. Yes. yes. And I, um, I kind of felt like it was my role to just to help people, whether it was yoga, whether it was meditation. This was before breath work. So it was just like or, or Reiki. Like it was my just role to help and help and help and help. Um, and I also didn't um, I was kind of in a different place of like I enjoyed life in a different way um, and 
and I was stepping into this person who was enjoying life into more, in more of a present way, like wanting to stop and notice the clouds and the sun um, and stop and notice how I felt about situations. And when someone approached me, how I felt about that person approaching me and what they brought and the energy that they brought. Um, so I was becoming, I hate to use certain words. So I, I'm just going to be careful with my words. I definitely was just becoming a more conscious and present human being and really conscious with myself and what I was putting out there, what I was receiving, who I was letting into my life, mm -hmm. into my family's life. Mm -hmm. Even energetically. Um, you know, totally mm -hmm. energetically. That was a big eye opener for me. And within that process, I, I lost friends for sure. I believe it. I've been down yeah. that same path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And at the time it was hard, but then I saw the beauty to it and I felt like free and my family was free from kind of attachments of these energies that kept kind of sucking on to, to our families as well. And um, yeah, I, I think I stepped into a more direct self-aware role. Um, Self-aware, owning, owning it. Yeah, yeah, totally, just... totally owning myself and who I am and and what my journey is on this world in this lifetime. <laughs> yeah, in this three D form. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so how much were you doing like during the year and a half, and then now? I'm curious how much a daily. Mm -hmm. time did you dedicate to the, these practices mm. so the first year and a half I was spending time every day with the meditation and then starting to get into more of a daily practice of the, the circular breath work and then I found my at about a year uh, about a year and a half I found this program and it came to me and I was drawn to it because it was called alchemy breathwork and that's how I sort of described my process it was like alchemy everything in front of me just had to dissolve in order for it to be built up to be more beautiful and incredible and magical mm. um, so alchemy to me is a, is a really really powerful word it really resonates in my soul so I found this program and then it became a dedicated everyday daily practice. Um, so I would spend anywhere from 10 minutes to 30 minutes to an hour um, breathing and meditating. And then I had a 10 minute journal exercise afterwards. I'd set a timer for 10 minutes and just write. And that time included the breath, breath work and meditation. Uh, mm. Obviously not yoga. You might do that separate later in the day. <laughs> separate later, yeah. My routine now is exercise in the morning, which takes form in all different ways. But exercise, breathe, breathe, meditate, or it's kind of my breathing is my is a meditation to me now. And um, so exercise, breathe, or just a meditation, and then journaling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um it takes time and especially mm. in our crazy cultures and or the crazy culture we live in with crazy yeah. schedules. Uh that's why I ask because I personally am just trying to move 
more in that direction of doing it every day. Yeah. It hasn't been easy. It's not. I totally agree. For me, um, it was a matter of feel better or not feel better. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like I, I just had to do it. And I, um, you know, in order to do that with a child, with a business I'm creating and working with kids living with disabilities, um, I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to do that. Wow. What time do you go to bed? <laughs> um, I try to always go to bed by 10. See, that's amazing. I, I go to bed um, from 9.30 to 6.30. I'm a nine hour and I feel like um, I probably don't need that much mm. that if I were to do some of these practices more religiously, then maybe mm. I wouldn't need all the, the, the sleep because I do find that if I'm sleeping in the afternoon, rather than nap, you know, doing a meditation really re-energizes me. It's amazing mm, how much rest amazing. you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try to tell my clients, um, like I always say, I build up to a daily practice, but I will, I'm really serious that with people that my life took a more permanent change to wellness when I started a daily committed practice. And, you know, I, on the weekends, I don't want to get up at five thirty um, or at five o'clock. So I have a different routine on the weekends, but it still includes that time every day. Mm-hmm. Exercise, breath, meditation, journal. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we're almost out of time, but I mm. just appreciate you coming on and sharing mm. your story, and it's beautiful. Thank uh, you. Where can people learn more about you, our listeners? Yeah, thank you so much. It's really um, an honor to tell this story. Um, yeah, thank you. So I have a website. Uh, it's yourbreathyourhealing.com. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram and that's your breath dot your healing on Instagram. Um, and I also have a Facebook account. Um, I work in Nevada city. I have a beautiful office space at near levity resource and health shop. And I have one-on-one clients here and I also work remotely so I can do this work online. So I have online clients as well. Excellent. Um, the breath work. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. Do that virtually. Nice. Mm-hmm. You just hop on Zoom or Skype. Yeah, a, sim- mm-hmm. a similar platform. It's easy talks. It's yeah. just like Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah, that works really nicely. And I have some great online clients that I see every week, actually. Um, yeah, so the online world is really fun to explore, and I feel grateful to be able to do that. I think it's just so amazing that we can, with the internet now, mm-hmm. so many more people, and, you know, we're we're lucky to be in our town with all these different modalities mm-hmm. around us and healing energies, and but not everybody is that fortunate, so I know wonderful to be able to do mm-hmm. the virtual work and Well, thank you, Jules. I really appreciate you you. coming on. And for everybody who's listening later or wants to um, get all the resources that were mentioned today, just visit simplylivingwellness.com. 
and click on the podcast menu and do a search for jewels or breath work and you will find mm. this recording. Mm. So have a thank blessed you. day and thank mm. you. Thank you so, so much. It really was an honor. Thank you. You are welcome. And we will be in touch soon. Great.